Let's begin with a basic explanation of the class trial. So, your votes will determine the results. If you can figure out who done it, then only they will receive punishment. But if you pick the wrong one, then I'll punish everyone besides the blackened, and the one that deceived everyone else will graduate. And the killer really is one of us, right? Of course! Okay, then. Everyone, close your eyes. And whoever did it, raise your hand. Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the zero to my Mega Man, John. Now, John, how good of a year is Sony having right now? Oh, the best. I mean, <laughs> from which angle, you know? I, I mean, exactly. When, when that question is usually asked, it's usually like, oh, well, they've released some really solid titles, and, you know, they have a good mm -hmm. forecast on the future. But, like, you know, that stuff, <laughs> we don't know the future, but I don't think anybody is doubting that there is going to be some real solid things. But just from... Mm. From Jim Ryan's chair, from his point of view, he, they're sitting pretty. They have a stranglehold at the top right now. Yeah, they're shipping consoles like crazy. They had a victory in the whole Activision Blizzard purchased by Microsoft. Uh, they look to have a great summer with Final Fantasy 16 yeah. And the fall, if Spider-Man 2 comes, and, and that's all we get, that's still... Woo. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's still a really really good year for PlayStation. And then when you factor in a lot of the third party releases and you know Breath of the Wild, it's it's 2023. I, I think is going to look be looked back on very very fondly. I think Diablo mm. Four is going to be a return to form for that franchise. I think Street Fighter Six is going to impress people. Um, so yeah, man, it's uh it's looking pretty good. I, I know you you said the uh, PS fives are selling like crazy. Did did they just release some sales on or anything like that? Oh, now you're going to put me on the spot. Yes, they have been touting. They have <laughs> shipped more consoles this quarter than ever. Than they ever have or than anybody ever Anyone has? Anyone has yeah. ever had. They yeah. Had, it was just close to 7 million. Yeah, man. People are hungry for games still more than ever. And uh, yeah, I mean, props to them. They, they put out a great console, I think. You know, despite some misses here and there, you know, their optics were a little shaky during the beginning of the of the PS5. You know, we believe in generations, things like that. But, um, you know, it's very obvious to me, at least, that it is the better platform, at least, to play on. You know, it's not really a better machine or anything than the Xbox, but right now... Things mm -hmm. are just churning a little bit better over there. I know they and they anticipated to sell 18 million and I think they sold 19.1 and like, you know, that's that's a big deal for corporations when they exceed by not, you know, by a non-significant amount. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they go to their investors, they, they judge their stock prices and everything based on what they forecast. And so to not only meet what they were expecting, but to exceed it. Um, you know, very healthy company. Sony's not going going away anytime soon. I don't think anybody thought they would, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I think just a lot of people are ready to move on. Like, we're seeing less and less cross-generational games. Yep. There is, the reasons to buy a PlayStation are adding up. You know, Final Fantasy 16 will be a PlayStation 5-only game. And so I, people need to buy them, and they want to buy them. And so yeah. it's good that Sony's meeting demand and shipping as many as they are. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, not to beat a dead horse or beat up on Microsoft too, but it's like if you are somebody, as you know, we saw with the seven almost seven million people that just bought a PlayStation. If you're in the market right now to buy one of these machines, and you take a look at one side of the aisle, and then you take a look at the other, it's like, again, I'm not. I don't try to be fanboys in these situations, but like, how can you not choose a PlayStation Five right now? At least mm-hmm. right, right now, until Microsoft right. can figure out what they got to figure out. But, um, yep, yeah, they do have Redfall, and it releases next week. We haven't heard anything about reviews yet, but I mean, if they can get a, I mean, this is Arcane, and if they can release a game of the year contender here, which the studio can do, as we've seen before, yeah, um, at least Microsoft will have you know another reason to buy in absolutely and you know and and yes they have the ability to bring in some games that are going to get some headlines and probably review very well and things like that but it's just you know is is that enough is it enough to say hey we got we got this one thing over here you know this one no. game and <laughs> not uh, currently not currently so it's just like i think as you stated last week uh, a lot is riding on starfield yeah. they need that to be the game of the year basically it yeah. needs to be perfect yeah uh, and it's just the return to form right absolutely it does and like you know if, if you're some it's just like the the amount of markets just seems to be shrinking for for people that are would be interested in that on, on xbox it's like you know why is sony over here having all their first party games you know releasing horizon burning shore is the most arguably the most beautiful game that's ever made it's running at 4k 60 and like over here they can't get Redfall or Starfield, a first-person shooter. It's like I just, you know, they're they're in a different league, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I probably shouldn't start the whole show just really berating uh, poor, <laughs> poor Microsoft over there, but uh, not a great, you know, as good of a week and month and year as Sony's having. I would say it's uh, equally bad for uh, Phil Spencer and Microsoft over there. Sure, sure. As we'll get into a little bit later. Yep. Um, but if you have not bought a PlayStation yet. Sony is offering a Final Fantasy 16 bundle of the PlayStation 5. So Ooh. if you want to save a little money and buy in and get Final Fantasy 16, uh, that will be out when Final Fantasy 16 launches on June 22nd. Did you see this, John? I saw. Yeah, I got a question about this actually. I saw that like the bundle was coming, but the box that I saw it just had a standard PS5 on it. Is this like are they throwing in a special controller or plates or anything, or is it just the console in the game? Yeah, I think it's just the console in the game. I think it's the yeah, equivalent of that Ragnarok that's, bundle. That's a bummer. You missed opportunity. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You have this beautiful, you know, big, these big canvases, right? The PlayStation 5 is fucking huge. Nobody's going to argue that. You know, you got these big white things. Give me a cool Final Fantasy. You know, like Final Fantasy is known for that awesome red and blue logo that's yeah. on, you know, like put one of those on the side. That'd be dope. Yeah, or yeah, they. I mean, they've been kind of silent about the plates. Like they sold yeah. that batch of them and a batch of different controller colors, but they've been kind of silent on that front as far as customizing the console itself. After you know, they kind of shot down the competitors. Yeah, yeah. I know this isn't the topic, so not to get too deep into it, but that is an area that like Sony. What are you doing? Like between your controllers and your plates, like why does it take so much time to release just a different color of something? Like, come on, <laughs> right? Like right. that that has been figured out for years on Microsoft side. It's just that that one has always bugged bugged me. But at the same right. time, uh, you know, I, my my thing does the same thing whether it looks pretty or not. Yeah, that's true. So, so, so if yeah. you want yours to play, if you want to buy in. Get Final Fantasy 16. Again, that's coming in June. Yeah. Uh, they just announced you that, get that this game. week. You want to get that game. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So as usual, we have a jam-packed show for you. So we will get into how the show works. Uh, John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. I swear I'm going to try and be more active there. I tweeted out our Platinums that we got that we'll talk about for sure in this show. Ooh. So letting everyone know when we're getting Platinums, how what we're gaming on, kind of tease what we're going to be doing in the show. So if you want to... Like, be ahead of all that, you know. Follow us at PS Pals Pod, and I know John, you're bringing the first thing. But can I do the lead into this? Yeah, yeah, real quick though. But uh, Nick, do you think we should put the uh, top fifty uh, that we eventually, you know, have filled out into the Twitter? Like, put that kind of update yeah. that throughout the week too. Okay, yeah, we should we should do that as well. Just a, yeah, we'll probably uh, do it a week after the episode airs. Yeah, we'll okay. start tweeting out our. Yeah, our, uh, which we'll get into later, our favorite, PlayStation Pals' favorite games. Um, but yes, Nick, I know you're you're ready to just, I don't know if you're ready to grill me or what's going to happen, but you can definitely <laughs> give me, you can give me the lead in on this one. So as discussed last week, John was going to be at home this week. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get a heads up on the show. We are working, we had our... You're probably asking yourself right now, where's that Persona 5 bonus episode that you were going to do? Mm, um, mm. You know, where, where's that at? It, it didn't release. And then, you know, I also wanted to start working on our top 50 games of all time. So, you know, so what we're going to do here is we're going to put John on trial. John <laughs> is going on trial for whether he is neglecting the show, neglecting the listeners for Neon White a game that he has been playing a lot of. He is going to confess his sins and how much he's been playing it. And we're going to find out, he right here and right now, is can it I, John? Can, can, I, can I plead guilty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to go under trial first. Uh, but okay. if you want to plead guilty, sure, sure, sure. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> so John thought this was going to be a topic about all his neon white platinum, but nope. This is called PlayStation Pals vs. John. I see why you wouldn't <laughs> let me swap this out for anything else. No. Okay. All right. So, I am the prosecutor. I am representing PlayStation Pals, our listeners' beloved podcast, and John will be representing himself. I feel like so. this is a, a episode of Danganronpa. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Trial! <laughs> so, I'm going to start out with my opening argument. <laughs> okay. Right. And that was Monday morning. I texted John. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. I texted John. Monday morning. Two things. Let me know when you want to record our bonus episode. Figure out games 50 to 41. I get nothing from John. And then in the afternoon, this is what I get from him. <laughs> the colored neons. Piece of cake. White. Oh, man. Got to 72 of 96. It's definitely dual, doable, but a trial for sure. I was like, how long did that take? He's like, 85 minutes. <laughs> Question number one, John. Uh-huh. How many runs did it take for you to beat the neon white Heaven or Hell Rush? Well, so it's the Hell Rush. The Heaven Rush is very easy. The Heaven Rush you have... So for, for listeners out there, this, this was the last trophy I needed for the Platinum, right? This is... Uh, uh, the hardest part of the game, you have to beat the entire game from level 1 to level 96 without losing a single life, which 
is not easy to do. And um, so to answer your question, Nick, I would say I probably did 20 attempts at it. Probably. 20 attempts, huh? And I, I'm not every single one of those, you know. I Looks like we had some witness tampering there, trying to tamper <laughs> with my witness. So where were we, John? You said it took you 20 runs. Yes, yes. Took me about 20 runs, I would say. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, that's 20 times 85, right? That's I was doing 20... the math, actually, for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you how many hours I have in this game now, which is, sh- I was a little shocked at how many I truly have, um, but we'll get to that. Uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, make my case poorly for myself, but uh, yeah, it probably took me about 20, and, you know, a lot of that was kind of just... The, one of the mechanics of the Hell Run is it, it converts your Katana card into a Miracle card, which you can use three times during the run. And when you use it, it uh, does two things. It restores your hearts, so you have three hearts that you can get hit with. Now, your hearts don't regenerate e- e- every level, so you could you know be stuck at one heart for a couple levels, and it's pretty nerve-wracking. So burning a Katana will restore that as well as give you a card of your choice to get you out of a situation that you may have screwed up, right? And oftentimes that's a rocket launcher because you miss a jump and then you just need to shoot a building. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have three of those for an entire run. And so a lot of times... You know, I would burn two of those and I'd be like, I'm only on level 13. I'm restarting this. This is this one. Is, it's just it's not going to work. I don't want to get to level 85 and lose. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the most heartbreaking thing. And so, um, you know, it was it, I eventually got so good at it. Right. I knew this game. Pro- I know this game probably more intimately at this point than any other game, which is kind of shocking to say from taking a game that, you know, I remember going through the levels for the first time and being really overwhelmed, uh, not sure what paths were the, the, the quick ones, where the shortcuts were, to the point where I know every single turn. I know every single enemy location. I can do this game like the back of my hand now. So I was probably getting through, like when I finally beat it, it was probably 50 to 55 minutes. Um, Mm. But that being said, uh, I think I stopped my main playthrough of Neon White around 40 hours. And that's only because I restarted it a couple times, um, you know, and my son kind of messes with around with it a little, you know, a little bit when he wants to. So, um, but now I currently have 81 hours clocked in it. I see. I see. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a yes. that's a lot of time. Hmm. Hmm. It it is, and uh, you know, uh, it's you know, I don't want to I don't want to you know, um, uh, you know disparage the prosecution or anything, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was an undertaking, man, and I feel like you know, uh, it's a little you know, I feel like I should be more applauded than anything for this, right? Really, a, really, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think huh. it was a true testament of my gaming skills. Yeah, and commitment. Are, are you gonna and, and are you gonna apologize to Ryuji and Morgana <laughs> and Lady An that you were unable to discuss their adventures in Japan because you were busy trolicking around with White and Violet and just having a grand old time? Hey, because they're your fr- they're your friends. You, I don't know what you want to do with them. You, you calm them down. <laughs> So, so here we. So again, John not responding my texts. The next day, next night, Tuesday night, I say, choose a time when we are recording the podcast right now. And his right now. <laughs> and his response was, suppose tomorrow is as good as day as any. Look at like look at that laissez-faire attitude to providing content <laughs> to our listeners. Just right. it's it's like, point, he's it's like he's like he's like he's on a drug. He's he's probably. Hold on. 
Hold on. <laughs> no, no, finish your thought. Sorry, I'm just being annoying. It's just, uh, it's just like you're like, it's just like Neon White is like a drug to you, man. Like it's just like a mm-hmm. heroin. Like you just couldn't get enough. Like you probably had all yes. the time in the world, but you're like, well, I could, I could record this podcast or I could do more Neon White because that day came and nothing happened. No recording. So here's the. Th- Yep, yep. So here's the thing. I, so, something that has to be known, and I'm sure every listener out there knows it at this point. When I'm at home, Nick, I'm not like you at home. I'm not like other people we know at home. I'm watching two 18-month-old little babies, right? And so, obviously, when during the day, it's hard to get away. Neon White was a good little thing, because I could be like, oh, I got 30 seconds, right? Oh, they're, they're over in the corner. I can do a level real quick, whatever. Mm-hmm. But... When you watch kids that intensely, it converts your free time into the absolute most precious thing that there that there absolutely is. And so it wasn't so much a purposeful neglection of the show as it was a um, appealing to my most basic needs, I guess. Because if I don't, you know me, Nick, right? You you can tell when I come to work and you're like, you haven't played video games in a while, have you? I go, no, leave me alone. Or, you know, if I get a day off, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, cool. Sorry. We just want to make sure we have no te- technical difficulties again. But, you know, the day where I come back and, and I have a game, I'm, I'm a much different person. So I think I owed it to myself, to the fans, right, to you, so that I can be my best self <laughs> on a show with these games being played. Because uh, you're right, dude. It was a sickness. It was... <laughs> I, I, I can truly say that I've never got wrapped up in a game so so intensely and I don't know when it happened and I don't know why it happened but you know it was kind of this perfect storm and I started to think about it you know I did do a lot of my thinking in the shower like I think a lot of us do and and I was like what what is it why is this literally consuming every waking thought I have right now where I'm like Levi I can't play I have to beat neon white no girls like whatever I gotta do this like and I think I figured it out it's because I had 100% confidence in my abilities to do it I've beaten Mm -hmm. every single one of those levels before I've done it perfectly before so the thought of like well I just have to string it together I was like I can do this but as I did it and I guess I underestimated either myself or the game. It's just, there was so many moments that I just lost focus for a split second and it it was my doom. I'm like, oh my God, like, okay, let me restart. Cause like, oh, I was 17 minutes in. 17 minutes isn't a big commitment. At that point, I'm probably halfway through, no, not halfway through, probably at like level 35 to 40. Like I can restart and try it again. I got it next time. And then I got it next time. And then I got it next time. And then at this point, it's consuming all my thoughts where I'm like, no, 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 I got to go do it. And so it was the confidence I could do it. It was also, I think, uh, of course, the doubt from you. They're like, you're not going to do that. You can't do that, Platinum. I was like, yeah, fucking watch me. Sure, uh, and, blame and, me. And, yep. Well, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, when I'm challenged, it, it brings out a, an inner, inner beast in me. And then just the natural platinum addiction, as well as just the gameplay being as good as it was. Like, those things all combined into each other. It just, it created this unholy alliance of, uh, I don't know, but it, it got to the point where my fingers and my hands were physically exhausted, where my eyes were hurting. I, I wasn't actually, you know, I, 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 I smoke. I've said that on the show. Uh, that's the only time I ever use eye drops. This was like the first time in forever that I think I was like, I need eye drops. My eyes are burning. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I'm happy to report, though, that I did it. 
You know, I, the white white wasn't even the last trophy I had to get. Then I had to go back in and do Mikey's playthrough, which is beating the entire game again without mm-hmm. dying, mm-hmm. but but with a different with a different little well, twist on it. John, in the mm-hmm. end, was it worth it? Was so it worth actually, all this time? <laughs> so it's funny. I have, you know, my, my bullet points I have. Do I regret it? Question mark. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I Because the feeling that I had when I beat them was never joy. It was relief. And I don't know if that's the right feeling to have. <laughs> you know, it was like, thank God I don't have to do it anymore. And, you know, that's not why we, why we play video games. Or at least that's not why I do. Um, but... You know, like I said last week, though, uh, you know, it is a five out of a five out of five PlayStation Pals reviewed game. I, I absolutely love it. It only gained uh, gained for me, obviously, as I played through it. And like it was very, very interesting to play it in this way. And I'm obviously I will you know, I don't know if you ever have plans to go back to neon white. Um, mm. I would highly encourage you to do it at some point when you lose. <laughs> like, well, just just to get to the you never got to the last level. That's like the coolest part of the game. Sure, sure, sure. But like break, it's just wild to me that I probably took twenty hours to get through that game, and now I can just do it in an hour. And I know, like, I I just know everything. It's wild. Right. I don't know. It's so good though, and uh, I'm so happy I don't have to play it anymore. <laughs> well, I will admit you did admit guilt, and you did sound remorseful. So I th- I think we'll, I will let the listeners decide, but uh, sure, yeah, you know, my, think- my fate's in your hands. But I will just say, uh, if you're not a parent, talk to a parent before you pass judgment. <laughs> because uh, if I didn't have kids, Nick, it would have been a whole different other story. If I had five days to myself just to sit around and with thumb up my ass, man, oh man, we would we would have gotten so much done. I would have gotten so many games played. We probably would have had to do a whole another bonus episode because I would have had Elden Ring and Resident Evil Four done. Yeah. But but alas. You know, I, as as neglectful as I you know can be to some things, I I try not to be neglectful to my children, <laughs> and uh, and my mental health when when needed. But you know, here we are in 2023. Everybody's mental health sucks, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am proud of you. Like that is again, this this is not an easy platinum by any means. I believe uh, PSN profiles list it as an eight out of ten. Yeah. So it was it was quite the undertaking. Uh, it was this, something. Is this uh, does this usurp your favorite platinum? I think so. Like I, that's not you know if Cuphead was the answer to that, it's it's a very different type of difficulty because Cuphead was like just a, a high degree of difficulty for a long period of time. Neon White was much more this massive spike at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the amount of like I said, the, the perseverance, the physical exhaustion from like the hands and shit is just like. You know, never done anything like that. So yeah, I think it, it probably is. Okay, probably is. Yeah, it, that you know. is that is very impressive. And had my and game I, not imploded, I maybe have been in the same boat because I I know what you meant. I was very addicted to Neon White, dude. And I'm telling you, it's just like when you when you look at your if you're a platinum hunter, which we you know we are, and you look at your trophies and you see 42 of 45, and those are the only things holding you. You're not gonna stop. Can't stop. <laughs> like especially when you when you had that confidence that that I had, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm curious at this point, after knowing it so well. Like, you know, will there be a neon white two? I I don't know. I feel like you could probably do that pretty easily, or some DLC, or I don't know, or or maybe I could see this guy who made it though, Ben Esposito. You know, he also did Donut County, just being one of those eccentric dudes that's just like, I got another idea that's something completely different. I'm just gonna do that now. And you know, we never never go back to neon white. But I, I wonder if we'll see some some similar type gameplay systems come out in the in the future because it truly is unique and. 
Um, for all you listeners out there that have stuck with us for Neon White for as much as we've discussed it on the show <laughs> and you have no interest in fast lightning JRPG visual novel platformers, uh, I love you and you should play it though. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's move on from that into some news and some shocking news at that. Uh, earlier this week, we learned that in the UK, the Competition and Markets Authority uh, denied the purchase of Microsoft's uh, of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. They flat out said no to it. And you would think like, oh, it's got to be because of Call of Duty and because they would start, you know, having a stranglehold on, on, on the market. Uh, that you know, they would have a lot of players playing their games as they already do with Minecraft and everything else. But no, they did it because of cloud gaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Microsoft's weird strangle on cloud gaming, and I'm sure Drew, this is putting a big question mark above your head. That was the reasoning why they. They they were against this. They, that it's you know the antitrust. Um, yeah. And the funny thing about that is because Microsoft has XCloud, and I dare you to name a competitor in the cloud gaming space right now. Right. There really right. isn't one. Google Stadia no. collapsed. No. Amazon's no. Luna gone. I mean, probably limping along. Um, there really isn't a competitor in this space. So. When Microsoft gets Call of Duty, they will just have a monopoly in the cloud gaming space. You know, they'll right. be able to offer all these games. And the crazy thing, too, is you know how we saw the lead up to this is like, oh, Microsoft is signing a 10 year deal with Nintendo and NVIDIA and all these other platforms. Uh, what wasn't discussed about that is that though Microsoft is putting these games on their platform, they get all the profits. I don't know if you saw this, John. I did, and I put that down as well. Good catch, Nick. Good catch, So yes. that, was, that was the big stickler here, is that normally when you put your game on a storefront, like if a game puts their, uh, like Jedi Survivors on the PlayStation Store, and you buy it from the PlayStation Store, PlayStation, Sony and PlayStation get a cut of that sale. In Microsoft's, 30%. Yep. In Microsoft's deal, that does not occur. So if you were playing on Switch or NVIDIA, and you were using the cloud gaming service, Microsoft would get all of the profit, including any microtransactions you bought into. So if you're, you know, want to buy some gun skins in Call of Duty Warzone, uh, Nintendo gets zero of that cut. Nvidia gets zero of that cut. And so, you know, when they they saw this, that there was a big reason to say, nope, not gonna yeah. happen. So, did you do any of the math on that, by any chance? How much like that money that would be? No, no. Okay, cool, I did. So, uh, Call of Duty roughly made about $30 billion in the last 20 years, right? So we mm -hmm. can just start with that lump sum. So, uh, that, that turns out to be about $1.5 billion a year. So 30% of a billion is $450 million. 450 million times 10, it's 4.5 billion dollars, and that's just rounding down to if it's a billion dollars of profit a year. So undercutting it probably a little bit. So yeah, it's pretty natural for for a company to be like, uh, that's a lot. I don't like that. So yeah. it really, it really, you know, and it's kind of what I've thought for a while. And you know, if it's it's not exclusive to Microsoft, large organizations just are this way. But 
you know, it just really felt like Microsoft was being this wolf, this uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, clothing this entire time. Where they're like, mm-hmm. look how much, look how beneficial this is for everybody. <laughs> 150 million more people that get to play Call of Duty. Isn't that wonderful for gamers? And like, yeah, if it is if, if parody is there. But what I worry about is, you know, the idea that that their their games just continue to suffer if redfall is running at 30 frames per second if starfield is going to be running at 30 frames per second like would you rather have a product that's the highest quality possible or would you rather that like you know these games just come to the service and like yeah you know they're they're there but you know don't worry about it's just a game pass game because i've seen that that type of um thought process behind redfall where people are like yeah you know it's 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 30 frames per second but it's just a game pass game like whatever you don't have to buy it and it's just like yeah, but what if it wasn't? Like, could it have been something special? And I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, it's 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 a lot to process. But the idea that this is not going through anymore is is wild. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I was watching just not not even just gamers' reaction because I didn't I didn't really care what they <laughs> responded to it because yeah. they were going to draw their lines regardless. Uh, but I was watching a lot of uh, pundits. You know, the MSNBCs. You know the Bloomberg News, and uh, they they're strongly convinced now that this deal is not going to happen. That this was a big enough blow because while Microsoft can appeal this decision, it could take over a year for that. And if you don't mm-hmm. remember, they announced this deal on January 18th of 2022. It has been a yeah. very long time. And Microsoft is on the hook for about three billion dollars if this deal doesn't go through to pay oh, yeah. Activision I Blizzard. About that. And, and that deadline is coming. And I don't think that they'll be able to get this done in time. And this looks and wow. again, this is this is not this is me just regurgitating what the pundits were saying, but they said like, yeah, this is this doesn't look good. This kind of is gonna reverberate through all of big tech, you know, like it seems like uh, a lot of these countries are against big tech buying more companies and just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. it looks like Microsoft is going to be the first the first L when it comes to this stuff. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's everything still has to play out or not. But it was interesting to hear everyone say, like, this is this is probably the nail in the coffin for this deal to go through. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't pretend to be an economist or anything, but I've kind of said from the beginning here that. You know, this isn't this isn't a this deal isn't being brought into question because of, you know, so much the the one company having control over specific IP. It's the fact that Microsoft is a company of such proportions and scale that they affect global economies. They affect country economies like so if they start to if, if the governments of these different countries, UK in this example, but, you know, maybe the US feels the same way, start to feel that like cloud the cloud infrastructure, right, is so important to the future of just, um, you know, the technological space and country infrastructure and things like that. We cannot allow one company to simply get such a head start because it's going mm-hmm. to inhibit innovation. It's going to inhibit other companies coming in, becoming major players, leading to, you know, maybe um um, again, more innovation um, that might not be there otherwise, you know, where if Microsoft's just like, yeah, we're fucking, you know, the, the titans of the block, nobody can touch us. Why would we feel the need mm-hmm. to either innovate more or, you know, just charge whatever the fuck we want to because we have the, you know, everybody's balls in a vice, right? Like mm-hmm. I saw, and this is, this is kind of, I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but I saw YouTube TV just got the deal for NFL Sunday ticket. 
Do you know how much they're charging, Nick, a year for that? And it's going up next year. They're charging $350 a year for that. And next year, they've they've emailed everybody saying it's going to move up to $450 a year. If you want to watch, if you want to watch out of market games, like let's say you're a Detroit Lions fan and you live in Nashville, Tennessee. If you want to watch the Detroit Lions play, that's what you're paying. And I think and I hope that governments are taking these type of practices into consideration when they're making these judgments because while it might be good short term, if we allow these companies to to do these kind of moves and, and really just get ahead of it and not you know, and put everybody else under their heels, it's going to be bad for the future. And um, you know, I, I hope that that's kind of what their logic and thinking is. You know, mm-hmm. it might be it might be good for the health of Call of Duty. It might be good for you know, I don't know, Activision as a whole. But does it impact things outside of gaming? Just things outside of of um, you know, I don't know, just us wanting to play Call of Duty every year on a specific platform. And, sure. and I think the answer to that, obviously, we've learned it does. And it would be really weird now for the FTC. Uh, to come and be like, yeah, we don't agree with the CMA. We think it's fine. So I, I kind of agree with you, man. I, I would be surprised at this point to see this deal reverse back around and, and get approved in the future. It yep. costs a lot of money to employ those lawyers for that long of time. And yep. I don't know. Yep. You know, it's not $3 billion, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like, because even leading up to this, everyone thought it was a, a sure deal, especially when uh, they were all like, oh, yeah, the Call of Duty thing's fine. Like, they're like, what? That's that. That seemed to be the biggest roadblock, right? Is this yeah. giant money-making uh, franchise that makes uh, the competitor PlayStation in the console market just tons of money? That you're just going to cut off that revenue stream if you get Call of Duty, and then they're like, ah, it doesn't matter. And then this announcement comes up, and consoles aren't even a thing. Like it's not even a part of this. Like it's all right. cloud gaming. So. Uh, it, it is pretty wild stuff. Again, it is not over by any means. So don't, whatever no. side you fall on, don't think like, oh, we won or oh, we lost. You know, it's still an ongoing thing. And yeah, lawyers are going to fight like hell to get this through. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. One, one quick question for you, Nick. Uh, can Sony buy Square Enix now? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be the question. Obviously, Square Enix is not Activision Blizzard by any no. means, because again, Activision Blizzard is a lot of things. It's uh, we went over them. You know, it's a mobile publisher. It's all kinds of different different markets and things. Not just the Blizzard games that we all know in Call of Duty. It's like yeah. that, that encompasses a lot of things. But Square Enix is nothing to sneeze at either. So I don't know. Well. Well, that's what's interesting, though, is like what, you know, what the objection was with this is like, I don't think there'd be any world where they object, like the CMA and the FTC object to Sony buying Square Enix. It's what the optics would be, I think, more than anything. <laughs> just like, do we really want to just kind of seem like the corporate overlords that say, haha, we got our, we want our cake and eat it too. But, uh, you know, because it, w- it would just be a, it would be a very hard thing to explain to mass population. And granted, they might not fucking care because they have, you know, the most gamers on the planet, or at least with the console space um you know to explain to people like no 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 it's not the same thing i promise you know or or whatever the case but um yeah i don't i don't know it's it's just something that popped in my head but um yeah i don't know it's wild wild stuff man wild stuff yeah we i well we could definitely revisit that too when we find out what happens here i hope not for a while i'm I'm getting tired of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's been yeah. a while already, and I'm, yeah, I'm for sure it's gonna be a while even more before we we're, before we know what happens. But uh, for sure, 
But yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So let's move on. Exciting topic next. John, what are we doing next? All right. As we have discussed, uh, we wanted to, you know, bring something a little bit special uh, as we're heading into our 50th episode. You know, I don't know if Nick or I, you know, what we really envisioned this show was going to be when we started, how far we would get. We just wanted to do something fun. And, you know, to celebrate episode 50, we thought we would try to put our heads together, uh, make some compromises, kill some of our favorite darlings and put together the PlayStation Pals top 50 games. And so we wanted, you know, to... uh, on episode 50, make sure we're hitting the number one game, but we didn't want to overload everybody, so we figured 10 game segments would probably be best. So, thought today we would start with that, and we're going to be counting down uh, game number 50 to game number 41 of the PlayStation Pals top 50 games of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on a side note, John, do you know mm-hmm. when our episode 50 hits? It'll be uh, May 26th. Oh, God. What are the odds that Sony does their showcase for our 50th episode? Would that, would that uh, be would cool? Be, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's that's pretty likely. I, I mean, yeah. at, the very le- at the very least, you know, it's going to probably be like the week or two before, I think. I think May is kind of the agreed upon time. You would mm-hmm. think late May, late May is probably more likely than early May because... You want to uh, get make sure you're in that news cycle of the E3 time. So, mm-hmm. man, yeah, I uh, I will be. You know, that's going to be a great week if 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 true, man. With I think you should leave, and oh man, that'll be a great week. <laughs> yeah, so we might have to adjust our schedule based on this showcase. If 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 anything, we'll just do twenty in an episode or something like that. Because sure. this rumored Sony showcase should in. Th- theory be in a whole episode show because it'll be that much stuff to talk about so (laughs) understatement of the year yeah so so i just i just saw that and i was like what are the odds if that happens it it would be pretty interesting so yeah well Um, i would love to i know we've talked about it too nick and obviously we'd have to discuss a lot a lot a lot more but it would be super fun too to be on video for something like that to like live live record or live comment but that's that's something we have to discuss no absolutely no promises but uh that'd be that'd be cool (laughs) we're working towards it (laughs) sure we'll see Sure, sure sure all right so we'll start off with number 50 and that game is Mortal Kombat 2 from NetherRealm. This released on Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. It was, I think we, John and I, were both the right age for this game. Uh, the, the violence was always the thing, right? Like, it was always the game we shouldn't be playing. And when you're a young mm-hmm. kid, uh, pre-internet times, of course, uh, this is this is as good as it gets, you know? This is... This is a franchise that's around now like we expect Mortal Kombat 12 later this year uh, yep. it just it just took the the cartoony aspect of Street Fighter and put a good fighting game into the most violent and ridiculous and fatality is a word we all know it's a cultural word mm-hmm. and it came from this game just yep. just incredible game incredible franchise I don't I don't think there was anything cooler and in my youth then when you figured out maybe not figured out but when you saw a fatality when you when when the screen you know you, the guy's wobbling right so finish him and he's just wobbling and he's wobbling and you try and do and then the screen kind of goes black a little bit you know you hit it oh such a good feeling yeah um but did you did you play the super nintendo or the sega genesis version uh genesis 
perfect. Yep, that's the one with the blood. Um, it, it does feel funny though at this at this you know day and age where I'm raising children and they, you know I want to play Grand Theft Auto. It's like absolutely not. And it's like we our parents kind of had the same inten- not the same vibe last like when we were kids with Mortal Kombat, but like when you compare like yeah, there's some pixelated red on the screen compared to what you can do in Grand Theft Auto nowadays. Right. It's, it's kind of funny how far we've come, but. Uh, yeah, it'll never be, never, never not be satisfying uppercutting somebody onto some spikes. Yeah. Good stuff. No. Amazing. That's why they always bring it back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Number 49. This is more of a me game. You know, obviously, as we go through this list, there are going to be games that, you know, I probably haven't played that Nick loves and Nick hasn't played that I loved. And mm-hmm. I think you've, you've played this game, but obviously you never beat it or anything. But it's steeped in maybe the most amount of nostalgia for me. Uh, it is Spyro the Dragon from Insomniac Games, PlayStation 1 classic. Um, you know, for me, this game... Again, I think it was, as a lot of these I think will be, just came at the perfect time. You know, I was, I don't know, I think I was 9 or 10 when this game came out, um, and it just captured everything I wanted to do in video games. It was kind of a semi-open world, not open world, but open level where you're you're exploring, you're really getting a lot of different things and just seeing numbers increase, right? Like every single level had the amount of gems you had to collect and every single one of those were pretty well designed and it was just a a pure joy to go and get all that stuff. you know, and unlocking the dragons and things like that. And it had a soundtrack that absolutely slapped. I think it was uh, by one of the guys from The Police. I think he was the guy who did the music to it. So, um, you know, it it kind of just brings back that warm, fuzzy feeling in my belly. Um, You know, one of the, one of my favorite games from my childhood, probably alongside Crash Bandicoot 3 for the PlayStation 1, but Spyro the Dragon uh, will always have a special place in my heart. So I was obviously real happy when they remade those a couple years ago and I got to check those out and hoping, hoping that my son eventually wants to play through those with me at some point but uh hmm. yeah did, I, did you ever you ever played this game i Nick? may I, have I, touched it for a few seconds but no i have no okay. recollection of of this franchise at all yeah it's it's your pure absolute pure 3d 3d mascot platformer um you know you get your little abilities you can glide you can charge you can fire breathe um you know all that good stuff hmm. yeah i mean it was a mascot for a while it yeah. was up there yeah, I would love to see him come back, but you know, I don't, I don't know that he's he's uh he's in Activision world now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on to number forty-eight, uh, this franchise doesn't really need to be explained. It is Grand Theft Auto Five, the game that's still chugging along to this day since twenty thirteen. Boy, it's it's incredible how the staying power of this game in particular and this franchise. Uh, I remember my Xbox 360 broke about a month before it came out, and I had to replace it immediately just so I could play this game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Did you get red-ringed? Uh, I did get red-ringed, but that's not what happened. I think it just died. It just completely died, mm-hmm. like no reason. I did red-ring sure. it, but that was way okay. before this game came out. Um, and uh, yeah, it's enjoyed incredible, incredible success. It's one of the best-selling games of all time. I loved it so much. I've played through it more than once. I played through it when it re-released on modern consoles. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's the biggest franchise out there. It has the biggest budget. And what Rockstar chooses to do with that is incredible. Like open world perfection, a simulation like no other. Um, it's just, it's just incredible. It's no, it's no wonder why it's it's so popular. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. I mean that. 
I uh, we've we've all had a special special time with GTA. I think at some point, for whatever reason, you know, I I think we've said this on the show. Whenever we talk about Rockstar, I I just I feel like something's broken within me, uh, where there's just I don't know why <laughs> I don't I don't like the way the ga- games feel. But there is no denying the powerful powerful IP that is Grand Theft Auto and the amount of detail and and work that that team has put into that series. So mm-hmm. uh, I know GTA Six will be. GTA 6 is going to break the internet. It's going to break everybody. It's, it's going to uh, be honestly quite annoying for me when that game, <laughs> game comes out. But, I'm, you know, it'll still be really exciting because I'm sure it's going to be something special. Yeah, for sure. It'll yep. be a big moment. Yeah. Don't you like how we're talking about our favorite top 50 games? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, again, that is going to happen. There yep, are, for sure. It will happen more than once, even when we get closer to the end. Yeah, but this is a game that we both like. In fact, this is a game uh, that I think we, we need to figure out a way to play this together, Nick, because we, we seem to both think we can beat each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that game is Super Smash Brothers, and not not the one for Switch, but this is the OG, the Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Um it just was, it's probably my favorite fighting game ever. Uh, I have a lot of different friends that we, you know, just paired up with each other and played so many matches and, and learned each other's skill sets so intimately that every single battle was fucking tooth and nail to the death. Like, you know, and you would pull off some really special moves. Uh, everybody had their main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was always, you know, always felt like a special character to, to you. Um, but I, I eventually got like, just played it so much with my one friend, Tony. Um, you know, he was always Fox and I was always Captain Falcon and we were we were probably 50-50 and so I just I started to try to experiment a little bit work with Pikachu a little bit and Ness to the point where I got really good with them as well uh, but he wouldn't let me play with them because he didn't know my skills with them as well and it just got frustrating so kept going back to Captain Falcon but uh, really special game for me a lot of fond memories with some couch co-op yeah yeah no an incredible game an incredible decision by nintendo like it just it seems so out of their wheelhouse to make a game where all of their franchisable characters are fighting each other and what came of it is such an amazing product probably one of their outside of mario kart one of their like biggest franchises uh you know and uh I still, to this day, remember the intro to this game because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. That ends in the big Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> like, I just, I remember that so vividly because, because yeah, again, you, we just played so much of it and it's just, yeah. it's just the, it's, and the franchise continues to just celebrate everything Nintendo, you know, like, that's, that's probably the greatest thing it does is it, it celebrates current Nintendo and past Nintendo. Um, Greatest crossover series that ever has or probably will exist. Yep. Yeah. Just so, just something else. So, um, so moving on to our number forty six game, we're gonna go to the federal federal Baru of Bureau. God, I can't say anything today. <laughs> Baru. Federal Bureau of Control, and that is in the video game Control. And this comes from Remedy, the makers of Max Payne and Alan Wake. Uh, this was a great surprise. I cannot, I cannot, I can't even put into words how happy I was to take control of Jesse and go into one of the most unique and weird worlds that this was. Uh, I just and the and the abilities you got, how good it felt to shoot the guns in this, just 
it was just incredible. Like, Control is easily one of my most recommended games that I think a mm-hmm. lot of people skipped over. Um, John, what are your thoughts on this? It's just I, I love yeah. this game. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to move Control Two up to a higher list in my like most anticipated games. <laughs> um, I keep forgetting that that's being made, but I agree, man. This was this was a, a surprise hit for us, for me, for you. I, it was. Uh, when I saw the first trailer for it, I thought, okay, this has a good vibe. I've always liked that weird uh, David Lynch style, uh, you don't know what the fuck's going on kind of stuff. And it nailed that tone very well. It went through in, like you said, some amazing feeling combat. It just, it did third person shooting incredibly well. The ability to float and f- not fly, but you can kind of like float for long periods of time, um, pull just concrete off of the side of the wall and chuck it at somebody um and you can't talk about control without mentioning the ashtray maze which is just Mm -hmm. you know one of the coolest levels in games that i've played in a long 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 time um and yeah it was just it was a great experience all around i think remedy did a you know amazing job with this game i i I think it was reported it only had a 20 million dollar budget as well which is very very low for a video game so Mm -hmm. um you know making a lot with uh a little bit and um one of the other things that i just want to mention about this game that uh, made it a little special is like oftentimes in games when you have to collect notes and books and things i just i don't bother but i was genuinely excited when i would find one in this because you're going to get some weird fucking story about the old house uh or some you know some other some other crazy thing that's happening in this universe and yeah, so, the objects of power and yeah all the other weird yeah. things it's very x-filesy i think i think that yeah. helps into it like the mystery the uh what was that what was the weird show that was in it like with the puppets I, yeah it had that like um, that was live action, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to pull the name, but yeah, Remedy Remedy does that a lot. I know Quantum Break was kind of the same way. They had these like interstitial live action things. Yep, Alan Wake too had a had a live action show that you could see on the TVs. So oh, did it's it? just yeah, it's just this is part of their their thing. But especially their calling in, card. Yeah, especially in this, it just adds to the the whole vibe of the game that makes it something really special and. Again, there is a PS5 version of this game. Like, if you're listening and you haven't played it yet, please check it out. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so I. Good. There's always um. There's always such a, a sad feeling sometimes with getting a platinum, and this was one. Of, like, this is a game I would I would like to go back and play, but I just can't prioritize it for mm-hmm. because I got that dang platinum. You know, it's my blessing and a curse all at the fucking same time. <laughs> yeah, I did Stupid. get DLC, but it was never. It's not as the, nowhere near as good as like the main game, so no. And the uh, the TV show is called Threshold Kids. Oh yes, there it is. Yeah, Threshold <laughs> Kids. Yes. All right. So number forty five. Uh, this is uh, going back a little ways in time, but I'm sure uh, Nick has a ton of nostalgia for this game, mm-hmm. and I know he's he's played it a little bit more than I have. I've played it a, a fair amount, but uh, that game is Mega Man X from Capcom. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those perfectly tight control games. And, you know, I think something that a lot of people like to kind of just learn the levels and systems inside out. And, uh, Nick, I'll, I'll kind of let you take it over from here. Yeah. I mean, the Mega Man franchise has always been a great franchise. Just the game design of beating a boss and then getting to use their abilities against other bosses and then having this kind of experimentation of a rock, paper, scissors is like, oh, I, I beat... Uh, Frost Penguin, and now I can fight this guy and this guy and this guy and keep going back and forth. 
and it's just a great staple of the Mega Man franchise as a whole. But here's I, my question, though. Sure. How do you know which one you have to go to, or do you just have to look that up? I mean, you experiment at first. Okay. Like if you don't okay. have a guide. So just, yeah, the good old school way of just try and try again. Yeah, just you just kind of try out each boss, and then when you finally beat one, then you can start playing around with that ability and trying to find yeah. out who that works on and so on and so forth. And, but, yeah, Mega Man X was just good because, yeah, with the addition of tight controls were all the abilities, you could, you could uh, you know... <laughs> I don't have a better word for it, but he just humps the wall. So it looks like he's climbing, but he's actually he's humping it. And uh, you have, like, the slide dash. You have the charge attack. A lot of the cool abilities. There were hid- there was hidden armor throughout some of the stages. So if you if you knew where it was, like, by the end of the game, Mega Man looked just pretty badass. And then, and then this also introduced Zero, who's just a cool side character that was just, you know, another badass that used a laser sword. You know, sure. and this franchise would continue on for I think all the way to X eight, but it, it yeah quality got quality diminished as it as it went on. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Capcom ever will go back to that because I mean I I don't know if you saw but the the Battle Network collection which I never even really heard of until recently just passed <laughs> a million copies sold which is like dang dude like that's that's pretty wild that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think Mega Man 11 is the most selling Mega Man game of all time, and that's at like 1.5 mil. So it's just like there's still a deep love for the series. Um, yeah, so I wonder if, if they'll. I would love to see Capcom have like this smaller division that kind of just fosters their either older IPs or smaller titles, and just kind of like gives them a new release every couple of years. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to give us this crazy new experience with these type of games, but just give mm-hmm. us you know different levels, different bosses, and people will be happy. Yeah. No. No. I. I think people are clamoring for this you know there was that kickstarter of uh uh, that one game that bombed really bad i forget now i'm forgetting the name of it now that i brought it up Mm. but it was Mm. it was the same guy who did Mega Man in a fune mighty number nine mighty number nine yes that got kickstarted and then just was a horrible game so yeah i've never heard of any positive a single positive word about that game Yeah, but I'm sure there's some indie equivalents out there. But uh, yeah, just the franchise that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, there's I, a there's a ton of it. Yeah, I beat you this know, game so many times, so many times I can't even count. So nice. All right, move on. Cool, cool. Uh, I believe you're next, aren't you, bud? Oh, I am next. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about my game. I thought I had brought it, but uh, we're on to <laughs> number 44, and we're going to continue with Capcom, and that is Devil May Cry 3. Kind of the undisputed, I would think, best game in the franchise. Uh, this yeah. came to PS2 uh, all the way back in 2005, and uh, I don't know. What do you? What is your thoughts on the Virgil character, Dante's brother? Oh, well, I think all the, yeah, they're, they're they're badasses. I mean, you know, it's campy as shit. All it is, <laughs> but that's 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 Capcom's you know kind of thing, right? Resident Evil's campy, Devil May Cry is campy. Um, you know, you kind of sign up for that when you when you get it. But yeah, I, I think both Dante and Virgil are pretty pretty awesome characters. They're extremely likable. They have a, a very you can tell there's a lot of history between those characters with each other and. Um, you know, they're just fucking, they're sexy guys too, man. I mean, you know, they're good looking dudes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but Vir- Virgil specifically, I mean, I don't know if I have any strong, strong feelings about him specifically, but uh, I think their dynamic with each other um, is is pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. I don't know why I was always obsessed with him when I was younger. Like, he was just, he was just too cool. 
Yeah. Sexy Virgil. You know, a trench coat with a walking around with a samurai sword <laughs> and just that. I just I don't know why I did it absentmindedly. I just typed "sexy Virgil" into Google. <laughs> Some good pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, these characters are very well liked. This is a very liked franchise. So, and they yeah. always bring Virgil back. It's like every special edition gets you get to play as him. So, yeah. No three three was. Three was you're right though. Three was kind of I think the game that maybe started making me realize that like oh fuck I love these like action you know platinum game style games. You know when you're switching between your your guns and your badass sword and then all of a sudden you get a guitar and you're like what's this thing and you're like yeah. oh I can I can play a guitar and it I believe if I remember correctly you shoot like bats at people with it or something like that. <laughs> you know some some great yeah. but like you know they're not afraid to just go as weird and crazy and wild as they can because you know they're playing with demons and hells and gods and angels and you know and I think in Devil May Cry 5 too it's like yeah you use a you rip a motorcycle in half and use the two halves as weapons. So um mm-hmm. this was like the one that you know again I think hit hit the right time for for us and uh yeah, man. Uh, I, Devil May Cry 3. I remember specifically playing the... I don't know why, the, the first mission a ton. It might have been like a, a early time of my platinum-style gameplay where I was like, I have to get an S ranking on this. I, oh, I, I have to get an S ranking on this mission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, and how many games have you surfing on a missile? I mean, the, the, I can't sure. think of very many. <laughs> no, I feel like you probably do it in Bayonetta, but, if you know, they, Bayonetta is is just a ripoff of Devil May Cry. So, you know, there you that's go. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to follow that up with a number, another third game in a very, very respected trilogy. Um, it was hard for me, Nick, to figure out which one of the series I thought <laughs> is mine. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Because like Lord of the Rings, I, when I talk about Lord of the Rings, I kind of talk about all three at the same time. Same with this series. That's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, specifically Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, uh, again, from, from Neversoft. Um, but... You know what's what's to say about this series? It's it's video gaming at its purest form. You know it's a combination of a sports game that you know has a universal appeal, but with an arcadey touch to it, where you're just racking up scores, doing absurd things. You know, using the grinds wherever you fucking can, mm-hmm. wall riding wherever you fucking can, and um, just you know it was it, it nailed the. The, I don't know, gameplay loop of unlock new level, go do the things, get the high score, get the tape, get the tricks, get the gaps you need. And like, it was just something so, so fun about doing that all in, you know, this tight little two minute span where it's like, okay, just do it again, just do it again, just do it again, just do it again. And then when you combine all of that with like one of the greatest soundtracks in video game history. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You have a very, very high recipe for success. I think I think Tony Hawk's 2 and 3 got like 98s on Open Critic or Metacritic sure. or something like that. But uh, special, special series, special franchise from the youth. Not yes. really what it was, but, uh, you know, we yeah. might see a return to if form. If I just randomly played Ace of Spades by Motorhead, you would instantly think of this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or, I mean, Superman is just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, th- there's not a single person in the world that hears that song and doesn't think Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's yeah. pretty incredible. Like, that that was, a like, an amazing franchise. Like It was. Like, it was, like, it was. up there. It was, like, one of the top-tier franchises at the time. I, I can't even imagine, like, if it'll ever I come would, back. Yeah, I would I would bet like between Tony Hawk and Gran Turismo 3 
probably were competing for the most amount of time like that the, of a game that I would play I you know yeah. for a game that you just do two two minute runs God I would love to know the number of two minute runs I did <laughs> back then yeah. when time was infinite infinite mm-hmm. times <laughs> I know man I know the glory days yeah. all right so our number 42 game is cuphead. Yeah, John's. That's a that's a me game. Yeah, I have nothing to say, so my lips will be sealed. Sure. Uh, <laughs> even even if you do not like video games, even if you do not, um, you know, are are not good with a controller in your hands, this is a game that just oozes charm, and you look at it immediately, you're like this is something really special um you know the hand-drawn animations are very uh, i think 1930s animation style is what they're referencing and it's gorgeous it's it's honestly probably the most visually impressive animated game out there and um and it features amazing, amazing controls, amazing combat. You know, it's it's a boss rush game, so you have to be willing, or you have to be into that kind of thing. But it's just another game that I found, res- like, the more I put into it, the more it put into me. Like, w- similar to Neon White, where it's just like, you, you get to a boss, and you start that fight for the first time, and it's throwing all of its different attacks at you, and you have no idea what to do. You, you, you just think to yourself, like, I'm never going to beat this. This is impossible. And then you spend some more time with it, and then you spend some more time with it and then eventually you realize oh i figured out the formula to this and and once you figure out the formula then it's just simply down to you executing it's very very rewarding and Mm -hmm. um and you know it's it's turning into this cool bonding experience with my son as well like that kid has has latched on to that game which is just ridiculous like dude pick a different game but whatever for whatever it is Cuphead really grabbed him, and uh, it's converted really not so much from the game anymore that he likes, but he loves the show. He fucking loves the show. He, he just turns it on every day, and it's not half bad. Like, I'm not I'm not mad watching it. So uh, Cuphead is very, very special. I hope to see more of it, but it is, you know, I, I think it took the team like a good three to five years just to get the DLC out. So if they're going to stick with Cuphead or, you know, I would imagine the studio is definitely going to stay with the same animation style. You don't have that level of talent not to flaunt it, mm-hmm. even if it is hard, hard work. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just, it's it's one of those perfect, perfect games, perfect controlling games. And, and yeah, I love it. But yeah. I hope I never have to play it again. At least that, you know, until I get Cuphead too, because it's hard as shit. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it is pretty surreal, just the animation alone. It's crazy, dude. When you think, when you sit there and you think that every frame of this game was hand-drawn by somebody, and, like, you just, you don't even move, and everything on screen is, like, bouncing and, like, animating itself and doing something with every part of its body, and it's just like, god damn, dude, you guys are impressive. Yeah, very, it seems very impossible. Impressive. <laughs> it does. It truly does. <laughs> Yeah, like how do you how do you take that that you, how do you take that drawing and then put it into a computer and then program something so that your character reacts to the th- like video games are magic, man. Like they're magic. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we love them so much. It is. Like it's, it is. All right. The range of experiences you get, you know. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't compete. And yep. Close us out, John. All right. Number forty-one. Um, it's Breath of the Wild. Uh, you know, some people might be shocked, maybe think it should be a little bit higher. This is IGN's number one game of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's 
it's a great game. It's fantastic. It does something with physics that no game has ever done before. It, it's causing you know reverberations around the industry to this day with uh, the way that it approached the open world design. Elden Ring took obviously a crazy amount of influence from that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's the second coming of Christ. And um, you know, there's still some problems with it. I think you know a lot of like you know the dun- 120 different dungeons is kind of gets a little tiring towards the end. Uh, weapons breaking can be annoying, but there is no denying how impressive this game is, how good uh, the systems in place are. I mean, Nintendo, N- Nintendo, the, they really are uh, a special, a special, special team, you know, when they want to be. They're the most creative team out there, I think, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there are a couple Zeldas I like more, um, but I, I, I don't think there's denying that this is easily one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, I had a a really, really fun time playing it. I, Tears of the Kingdom, I cannot wait for. So, uh, you know, excited to jump back into Hyrule. But uh, this is this is another game that you know our, our boy Nick. You know, he's never played. So I'm trying <laughs> to I'm trying to you know fo- I'm forcing my switch upon him. You're like, here, take it, play the game. But you know, he's uh, he's got he's got to go kill some some things with lightsabers later. So maybe yeah. maybe one day. But uh, yeah, man, Breath of the Wild. It's it's uh, I don't think anybody. Uh, doesn't at least like the game when they play it. Yeah, so, so yeah, just to reiterate, this is our top 50 game, so uh, mm-hmm. when I don't, when I have not played the game, it does not help for sure. So unless John feels absolutely strong about the game, as we'll get into future uh, mm-hmm. games on the list, uh, it it's very hard to convince the other one that, hell yeah, this is a great game. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it. just just <laughs> in the season, yeah, and this, this 10 we just listed, Spyro... Cuphead and Breath of the Wild are solely me, and Mega Man X is solely you. And oh, and GTA, GTA yeah. and Mega Man X, those are those are both you. So yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, like you said, it'll get mixed in here and there. But as we get to the, like towards the top ten, I think you know we'll have a lot of games that we both uh, you know love, love, right. love, love. So to reiterate our list: number fifty, Mortal Kombat two; number forty nine, Spyro the Dragon; number forty eight, Grand Theft Auto five. Number 47, Super Smash Brothers. Number 46, Control. 45, Mega Man X. 44, Devil May Cry 3. 43, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. 42, Cuphead. And 41, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Some pretty Love good it. games that was there. Fun. That was fun. Yeah. I'm excited to go, go through the rest. Yeah. So stay tuned next week and we'll keep on going. Yeah. All right. So moving on, boy, we got. <laughs> I know, dude. This is a long one. <laughs> I knew the top fifty games list was, wow. was going to add some time, but uh, here we are. We'll keep trucking along for you, listeners. So our next topic is a pair of trailers that launched this week. Uh, the first one came out of nowhere on April twenty seventh. We got a pretty lengthy trailer for Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. This is coming from From Software. Uh, they make some game. I don't know. This, it was, yeah, they've, they've got the it was pretty important last year. I don't know. Um, they might yeah. have created a genre. Yeah, yeah. They just won Game of the Year last year with Elden Ring. So they brought a trailer for this. They brought a release date. It is coming August 25th of this year, shockingly. Like a, mm-hmm. a, another game in just a year's time. And... Uh, yeah, John, what did you think of this footage that we got to see of the game? Uh, I think it looks 
fucking awesome. Really, really good. <laughs> and I have absolutely no history with Armored Core 6, but uh, you know, I was watching the trailer again today, and like, I think I, I mentioned to you on Thursday when I was at work that like it reminds me of Near Automata in some weird way. And like, I I watched it again. I was like. Yes, like it really does. Like it's this it's this weird combination of mechs, obviously from Soft Soulsborne, Ness, whatever you want to call that. And I think I think visually it looks a lot like Near Automata. You know, the the landscapes and the environments like this mm-hmm. kind of industrial um, you know, looking landscape with with high action flying combat, you know, um, really, really quick movements and things like that. I you know, and, and, and it, even like maybe from the story point, you know, this, the trailer starts off and it's like, you know, this kind of robotic voice talking about like this, you know, numbered, uh, I don't know if it's a person or a mech or whatever, but like kind of a numbered thing that has to go down and do a job. And it reminded me very much of Near Automata where you're a, you know, a robot in space that gets sent down <laughs> to Earth to go do a job. And it's like, you know, if there's some story to be told behind all this as well, I I don't know how you could possibly make a mech shooting game have any type of impactful story. But, you know, uh, I might be proven, proven wrong, but I think it looks great, man. I... I Quickly, I'm excited for this game now. I wasn't, I wasn't really at all, and you know, when it was first revealed, but now I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, and what I'm most curious about is people's reception of this game when they get it, because how popular Elden Ring right. was. There's going to be a ton of people <laughs> going into it, and being like, "Oh, it's the next thing from FromSoft. What's this?" And like, "Ugh, I don't know." Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. Is like I had total amnesia about this franchise, and then watching this trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, I've played this series before." I remember pairing the different robot legs and being concerned with my mech's weight and the heat and if it could support this giant weapon, this giant railgun on my arm and all that stuff. And you you see that here like in all the different shots there are different all kinds of different mechs. There's fast moving ones, there's there's like quadruped ones, there's one with tank tre- tank treads running around. Um, yeah, and as you said, like this franchise has kind of been dormant, but From Software is so popular right now that I wonder how everyone will adjust to this different type of game of of customization and numbers, and then third person mech combat. Uh, it's hard to say how people will feel, but yeah, I I feel the same thing. It looks incredible. The environments look great. The mechs and the fights look great. Um, they didn't touch on any kind of multiplayer, but I, I would highly think that there would be some kind of multiplayer, even if it was maybe similar to the vein of uh, from software's previous titles, where you could maybe somehow put down a beacon, and then all of a sudden, John, you can mm-hmm. join my game, and then we can we fight the mech together, and then you. you I think leave. that's exactly what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. you think you think a lot of those uh, from software asymmetrical uh, multiplayer is going to be there. Yeah, I think FromSoft is, you know, they're, they're going to be careful not to make this just be another, it's not going to be another Souls game. I, I don't think there's any question that that's going to happen, but um, I think, you know, they are going to absolutely stick to what they know with certain game decisions. And there was a moment in the trailer, too, where it looked like this other mech kind of got called down. It's like, I'm here to support you. And like, I was like, that's totally what it could be. Like you said, a beacon, mm-hmm. somebody gets summoned down, helps you out. But yeah, you know, Armor Core 5 came out in 2012. So it's been 11 years uh, since then. We've gotten uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, <laughs> Bloodborne, Elden Ring. Um, and so it's interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm just mostly interested to see what From Software looks like 
outside of the Soul series that I've I've only ever played with them. And I'm excited for you to to hopefully, you know, assuming the game reviews well and we're interested when it comes out, mm-hmm. um, to get your hands on one of those because, uh, I you know when it comes to making builds and things like that dude like i'm you know after hearing you explain what this game kind of is it's like oh yeah dude like that's the community if they if they dig it is going to run wild with the amount of different builds and ways you can customize mm-hmm. these mechs to to attack different things um so i uh i'm i'm probably bought in i you know if it reviews well i if it reviews well i might pick it up day one <laughs> i don't know i mean uh, from soft is is just the best in the biz so we'll, we'll see but either way uh yeah here, here's just another maybe another check mark on 2023 being fucking awesome yeah being and one I, of the best I believe years. this is our second flag that's planted for this fall uh outside of starfield which will be releasing a few weeks later um these, yeah. are, these are the only two games we know about really so uh, it'll be interesting. What else will be releasing in this window? Uh, we have the rumored Spider-Man also releasing in September. So <laughs> everybody's like, "Oh fuck, we got From Software Spider-Man Two and a Bethesda game in this window." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the heavy hitters, man. And that's kind of like the world we like with all these just consolidations and everything. It's just like everything now is either a first-party title or like a badass third-party publisher or developer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy, it, crazy, I'm, but. I, I'm glad to get excited for the second half of this year. Like we said, it was a big unknown. <laughs> we had no Armored Core 6 was just announced last December. So yeah. uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. This is this is a great, this is great. You know, this, this as long as it doesn't get delayed, this is like, you know, the right amount of lead time to a project like this. And yeah, yeah this, this year just keeps getting better and better. I can't even wait till after Summer Games Fest what this fall the rest of this year is going to look like i think it's going to look pretty dope yeah you know and this just adds to that yeah these, these companies have been raring to go since covid man yeah. like they're <laughs> this, this is the time it's all it's all happening yeah yeah exactly all right and then the other trailer we got also kind of out of nowhere it got teased also on april 27th that we were going to get a trailer the next day and that is for the twisted metal TV show. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but yes, yeah. there is a Twisted Metal show. It is coming July 27th to Peacock. It is going to have 10 episodes. What we got was a very short teaser. John, what were your thoughts on uh, on the teaser that you saw? Uh, Sweet Two should get the Emmy right now. He's calling it right. He's going to get the acting best acting Emmy. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, I don't know. Do you know it's... who's voicing Sweet Two? Yeah, Will Arnett. Okay. <laughs> yeah, big Will Arnett fan. Uh, well, that's I liked him in Arrested Development. Everything else is okay. But yeah. <laughs> um, I'm 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 interested. I, I'm definitely want to watch this show. Um, you know, I was getting some major like this is kind of it was kind of a hard thing to put my finger on, but it felt almost like high production camp where it's mm-hmm. like it's gonna have this like. 90s feeling vibe where it's like high octane energy, like maybe like a Power Rangers feeling type of thing but um you know it could be it could be just a pure fun show you know if it's if it's not trying to do anything crazy you know if it's a monster of the week type show where john doe is facing off against you know one of the um you know uh characters axel or or warthog or any of the guys from uh the game you know (laughs) then it could just be it could just be a fun little time 
Um, but I will say, like, I'm I'm worried about a couple things. First and foremost, that is coming from Peacock. I yes. mean, I don't really know what Peacock's track record is with shows, but I know it's not great because I can't name any. Um, <laughs> And I worry that some of the cues and things they will take from popular franchises are going to carry into this. And I bet you can probably guess which franchise, Nick, I'm thinking of specifically when I say that. Uh, what, what franchise out there has lots of cars, lots of explosions, uh, and is uber popular? Uh, oh, <laughs> Fast yeah. and Furious? Yeah. I wanted to go yeah. Mad Max, but I knew you weren't thinking that. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> I mean, and it might. You know, and this is, this is just a, a concern I hope is not there. You know, and being that I think the writers from Deadpool are attached, like, it, it hopefully won't be. But, like, please don't be Fast and the Furious-style humor, like, where it's like, uh, you know, like, there was that part in Fast 9 where he's driving a big fucking tr- truck or something. He's like, oh, are you compensating for something? And it's just like, come on, man. That's, like, well, the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> Well, when when a guy is strapped to two tires and he drives around like that, you might be more forgivable for the the cheesy jokes and well, and whatnot. cheesy jokes are fine, but just like you know that like compensating for something, it's just like the it's the lowest hanging fruit. Right. Like I could have written that joke, right. you know, and like that kind of stuff. And um, and worry number two is just like I, you know, and this is just a me thing, you know. You know, Nick, I like darker things. I like more serious tones. So it's like I hope it's just not too lighthearted, and I get a little bit of of. Uh, good vibes with the end of this trailer because when it when it flashed to Sweet Tooth's truck, the back of that thing looked gnarly, yeah, like gnarly, true. like there's bloodied up machetes and and gross tools and things like that. So my hope is that it's not like you know, and and I I, I know this is you know hopefully it doesn't offend you, Nick. I hope it's not MCUized and it's more. It's it's a little more serious in tone, but I don't know. Being that Anthony Mackie's attached, like that's kind of what he does. I'm not the biggest it's, fan of his, but it's interesting because the beginning of the trailer starts with you know Anthony Mackie getting in the car, and I forget what the song is, but it's very lighthearted song. I know, I know. I think that, that I think <laughs> worry number two is going to come to fruition. I think worry number one won't. And then the then this yeah then it has the cut to sweet tooth, and then you're like oh wow well what is the tone here. Yeah, um, and and yeah. we really didn't get much. Like I can't even tell you. Like I, a lot of people seem to think that it does take place in the '90s. That uh, obviously shit has gone wrong. The world is destroyed. Um, is this because of you know the typical t- twisted metal plot where Calypso will give the winner you know anything they want? So everyone's fighting all over the world to to, to come out on top in the twisted metal tournament. And that's why the world is destroyed. So, uh, oh, what a promise. What a yeah, promise. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I mean, my only concern is that, like, you're talking about a video game series that is on primarily car combat. And will Peacock give this show the budget to yeah. do car combat yeah. right? And I, I don't think they will. No, I think they're going to try to rely heavier on characters and dialogue with maybe a, a short action thing is you know in between because like if you introduce these characters if you introduce axel like you you need to be able to talk to the guy a little bit right Right. you can't just immediately like it's axel kill him like so i don't know i I would i would bet yeah it's going to be a lot of fast cuts a lot of quick edits Mm -hmm. um but you know if if you know, maybe Sony, you know, so this is a Sony property too. You know, maybe they're ponying up some of the cash. You know, maybe Peacock signed it and be like, yeah, we'll do it. Like, you know, 70-30 split on the funds that go into it or something. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very B-tier product. And I 
And I think you can kind of already see that. Like, no disrespect to Anthony Mackie or Stephanie Beatriz, you know, of Brooklyn 999 or Encanto, but those kind of are B-tier leads, right? Like, they're not mm-hmm. the big boys. Like, they're, they're good. And Peacock is kind of a B-tier streaming service. And yeah. Twisted Metal is kind of a B-tier franchise. So, yeah. you know, I, I think just keep your expectations in check. Like, like I was saying, try to approach it through a lens of, hey, this will be a fun time. And I think we can all enjoy it and not just like, this is ridiculous. Why is Sony right. spending time doing this? That's not the point. So, um, but either way, I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be fun and to I watch. have one last question on the subject. Do you think this show will accompany a video game announcement from Sony? Do we expect a Twisted Metal video game to be coming either alongside this show or announced at the Sony Showcase to... Uh, again, the brand will be hot again. At least it'll be talked about, whether the show's good or not. Uh, are we getting a? Will we have a video game announcement from one of uh, Sony Studios about this? Yeah, I kind of think. I almost want to say it's a lock. Honestly, like, I I think Sony's initiative right now is cross synergy. Uh, I think Last of Us really, really put that into focus and really, mm-hmm. really succeeded for them. You know, they're like, hey, we're not only going to make this show, we're going to remake the first game that we've already sold. And guess what happened, Nick? Last of Us 2 sales went through the roof. Like, it, they saw the data they needed, so they say, well, fuck. Like, if we can release, if we can release this other thing, you know, maybe this franchise that's not dying, but it's, you know, it's been dead. It's been dead for a while now, but mm-hmm. something that can be revitalized, like what better chance to have with like, okay, show at the same time, create this cross energy and, and yeah, you might see some improvement. The thing I don't know though, would be what team would make it. Um, or if they would just, you know, maybe throw some money at a second party partnership. Like I know there was, I think there was even rumors that Lucid Games, the makers of Destruction All-Stars, uh, were working on one and it got pulled from them uh, and went with another team. I can't remember who, but uh, so it could be something like that. But I would say it's almost a surefire thing that, yes, within a year of this game coming out, if not sooner, we will see the release of a Twisted Metal game uh, coming back. Okay. Yeah. It's probably one of the live service games that they're talking about too. Now that I think about it, I don't sure. know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it is one of them. It just makes too much sense. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. We'll make this one quick because it's really a you know it's a it's a tried and true topic and it's a boring list. So, but we got our PlayStation Essentials games for the month. Uh, again, as everybody knows, this is the lowest form of PlayStation uh, Plus. Uh, so, if you are just an active subscriber, play sixty bucks a year just to play online. You're going to get these games. Uh, and as always, make sure you add them to your list because even if you don't want to play them now, um, they don't take up any hard drive space. They're just available for you to get later. Um, so, first up, we have. Uh, Grid Legends coming to PS5 and PS4. Uh, it's a racing game. I'm going to be honest with you, Nick. I didn't even do too much uh, research into this one because, like, I don't know. It's it's just another another racing game that's probably not going to do anything different than Gran Turismo or, or Forza or any other games like that that are out there. Um, you know, but looking at it, looking at some screenshots, uh, it says it provides uh, incredible race variety and an immersive narrative that puts you at the heart of the action. Uh, take the spotlight in an engrossing racing story brought to life by a world class cast, including Nakuti, Gatwa, and groundbreaking extended reality production. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be your 
run-of-the-mill racing game. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, and this one might, you know, this one is probably going to, I would imagine, be the best game of the bunch and at least going to have some people uh, find uh, enjoyment in it, and that's Chivalry 2, which is a 2021 multiplayer hack-and-slash game uh, developed by Torn Banner Studios. Um, Nick, do you have any familiarity with this game at all? I know this is one that a lot of people, when it came out, were like, holy crap, this is a ton of fun. I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, You know, it's this one-on-one medieval-style first-person combat game, multiplayer-focused. I know it's not really for us, but, like, did you kind of follow this game at all when it got released or anything like that? So it's not one-on-one. It's It's not one-on-one. It's it's like 64 player, and you can have a third-person camera. Uh, okay. I actually watched this on Twitch after seeing it in this list. And, uh, yeah, it's just a giant battle and people are swinging at each other. There's, you know, realistic physics and weapons and parrying and uh, brutal death animations. But uh, this has, I have no interest in this. This looks, yeah. this is not even close to my wheelhouse. Uh, no, no, definitely I don't think it's for either of us, but like it, it is a game, IGN gave it a 9, you know, it's sitting at an 82 on Open Critics, so like, if you are somebody who, you know, enjoys uh, hand-to-hand combat and some multiplayer, you know, it might, might, be, might be worth checking out. And then lastly, Nick, now, this one, whew, this one, <laughs> special game, near and dear to my heart, or yeah, rather, my son, rather my son's heart, <laughs> everybody can now enjoy and join in on that platinum, uh, that's Descenders, coming to PS4, uh, procedurally generated downhill biking game, uh, it's got some roguelike mechanics to it, um, but I'm here to tell you there's better uses of your time, it's janky, yeah. it, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, I, yeah. My my son yesterday realized that I had eighty one hours in neon white. So then he's like, "Oh, can I go see what other what other hours you have in games?" Because it shows it on the the page of yeah. the game now. Uh, Descenders, I have two hundred and twenty seven hours. Uh, so yes, I know this game well, all too well. Um, uh, it's. Uh, I really can honestly not recommend it for any specific reason, unless if you have a child that is into i don't know scoring and time time things it's but it's not great it's not great it's not great no don't play this game nick this is the, i did this game for my son i did it for my son okay. it's it's probably the it's probably the jankiest game i've ever played there's so many times dad it's glitching i'm like i don't know what to tell you i don't know what yeah. to fucking tell you why is it yeah, yeah. dad why is it doing this because uh, the developers suck i, I don't i don't know yeah. <laughs> which you know he doesn't he doesn't understand so but those are your games folks add them to your list you know uh might want to play them later and uh yeah t- till next time all right so moving on, we made it to our final topic, finally. All right, we are going to be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think we can keep it spoiler-free, right? You don't? Uh, I, yeah, I think you could summarize the plot on a single sentence. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this is kind of the big movie. Uh, it came out on April 5th to a 204 million dollar opening weekend i was one of those people that saw it opening weekend uh john has just recently seen it and uh we're gonna give our thoughts on the film overall uh and this movie is just going bonkers of course i mean it's almost at a billion dollars in revenue um it is kind of wild and i thought this in the theater as well to see and 
and here and all, all the little cues and nods to Nintendo that I can't believe this is happening. Like this is this is on seeing, you know, that the Avengers moment, you know, in the MCU of like I cannot believe like this passion of mine <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was playing NES, you know, thirty years ago that You it see would, that mom? It wasn't a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, that it would be made into this incredible visual feast for the eyes project. Like unbelievable um other than but uh just the movie overall eh, eh, yeah yeah eh, eh. no you know if i were to if i were to score this (laughs) on the playstation pal scale as a movie i'd probably give it like a two out of five however as entertainment it's much more like a three or four you know it's It's not a good narrative at all. It's the very surface level. It's There's horrible. not a lot going on. Yeah, it's it horrible is probably the right word for it. But that's but this movie was not made oh, to it, seriously, it wasn't made to, you know, please a 39-year-old and a 35-year-old. You know, it was it was made because I went and saw this with my son. He gave it a 5 out of 5. He fucking loved it, dude. Like, he thought it was the coolest thing. You know, we watched it in 3D, so it was like the first time him doing that. But, uh, you know, so I think as entertainment, you know, there was definitely some smiling moments. You know, when uh, this, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer, but like when Rainbow Road happened and like Mario did his dumb little shortcut that we've all done, I think, on Rainbow Road. I was like, you know, it brought a smile to my face. Um, but no, it's not a movie I really want to ever see again. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think the, the story is the story is so paper thin that it honestly makes me question if there is. Because, like, I thought it was a, a surefire thing that Nintendo was going to try and do this movie universe thing, right? And, and then mm-hmm. eventually come together and have a Super Smash Brothers type movie. And that could still be the case. And I think yeah. it's still, in fact, probably the case. But this movie was so paper, <coughs> excuse me, paper thin. I don't know how you could possibly take anything from this and wrap it into anything else except for a Donkey Kong movie. And it's just tied because he's in this one. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> you know, I don't know. Jack Black was great. He's always great. Jack yes. Black is a fucking treasure. I, you know, I yeah. that the man, best part of the whole movie is Bowser in general. Just from the from the beginning of the movie, uh, and then all the scenes, they're just it's just great. He's he's by far he's yeah. got to keep coming back for sure. He, he he yeah he will. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a Bowser movie. Like that could be what they do first is give like a little side movies to these guys, but. You know, I think he was really, yeah, the only one who did anything special. You know, as much flack as Chris Pratt got for, you know, uh, getting cast as Mario, I think you could say the same thing about every other every other main character. You know, Seth Rogen was just Seth Rogen, which is fine. That's what he does. Uh, Charlie Day wasn't anything special. Anya Taylor-Joy wasn't anything special. And Chris Pratt was fine. So, like... Serviceable. You know. Yeah, it was all serviceable. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a good... I was happy to pay my, my <laughs> ticket of admission as a father with a son who I'm trying to get into, like, Mario games and whatnot. Because, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were talking after the movie. It's like, you know, I was trying to explain to him all these different nods and things to, like, you know, what I what I remember playing of Super Mario 3 or World or or any of those games. Or even just the, hearing the music and things like that. You know, there is a, a special, yeah. special sauce to Mario, um, you know, obviously for a reason. And... Uh, I can't say I laughed 
much though. I might have only laughed at at the at the dog. The dog might have been the only thing that really made me smile. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's like I hate the qualifier that this is what everyone I've talked to about the movie has said is like it's a kids yeah. movie. It's not for you. But I don't. A kids movie can be made for everybody. We know that's possible. We've seen it oh, in other sure. movies. So I don't yeah. like that. Like that. I just I don't think that gives it a break because it's an animated movie and it's intended audience as kids. It can still be really funny. It can still have a what like what is the what was the theme really? You know, like what was the overall message the movie was even given? Uh, I don't uh, even think. Nothing. I don't even know. Peach, know. peach is hot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone wants peach, apparently. Uh, yeah. And so I just, it could have been so much better. And yeah. it, it is really weird that they kind of did follow the plot of the old Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> the one with, oh, you know, is that what, Bob I've, I've Hoskins and Dennis Hopper. Is, yeah, yeah, very, very similar of, you know, that they li- existed in the real world and then they came to the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, but, uh, well... Yeah, we, we might, I mean, you know, it definitely seemed like it could have been written by a team of high school drama majors, but, you know, I mean, that's always how Mario's been, you know, he's, every single one of his games is, there's no story to it, so it's, maybe it's, it's hard to write for, but I, I do agree with you, Nick, yes, it, it could have been so, so much better, it could have had a, a lot better way to, um, you know, have humor that, that pleases kids and adults, you know, you hear that compliment a lot with movies of this type where it's like yeah it's like i think the puss in boots movie was this way uh the one that just came out i haven't seen it yet but it's supposed to be really good it's like yeah no it's there's there's jokes hidden all throughout that just go over kids heads that adults get and like if you can nail that yeah it's great um but yeah you know i, I get i get what you're saying with like the qualifiers but like that's you know it's the, the, just the streaming world we live in, I think, nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's not, not that this is streaming, but it's just like all people have kind of started to become conditioned to, eh, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's I'll, I'll watch the next thing that's coming or, oh, it's fine. Like, it's going to be on Disney Plus soon anyway, and then I'll watch it there for free. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of, it's rough. And that's, that's to go full circle, what I worry about with, with happening in the video game space. And I hope it doesn't, where it's just like, you know, this transition into cloud and ease of access and, and whatnot. I hope that there's, you know, not a focus on that and uh, still a focus on just like telling a really, really solid story or whatever, sure. you know, whatever sure. the case is. But there is one good thing about this movie not being that great is that, that it still clears the path for The Last of Us to be the best adaptation of the year. Because <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I thought uh, this was I, his only real competition that I could think of. Well, I I agree with you, Nick, that I think it's still easily a front runner. However, I will say, don't count this one out. I think they're winning. I'm just saying, at the video game awards, when it comes, like, you know, there's there's audience voting, and while there's a rabid fan base for us oh, people no, who love The right. Last of Us, I'm just saying, no, don't no, count it yeah, out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Why am I even bothering? But well, well I still think Last of Us will win, but. Yeah. yeah, the 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 yeah, the one caveat to that is that the game at the game awards specifically anyway is that it is voted by journalists of all the different sites. So I think they They're have enough children. to to give it to the better show. True. True. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, uh, but the, we'll year, see, but... the year's still starting, so I'm sure we'll get some more other front runners, so Sure. Uh, but so well, let's far, wrap this up, Nick. I think I think we're we're probably what what are we at at this point? This has got to be the longest ever, right? An uh, hour and a half. <laughs> really? Yeah. We had some we huh. had some breaks and some technical difficulties, so that's all right. So that's it's going to feel longer, but uh, okay. All right. I'm just so, kidding. We can we can stay. We can we can talk about whatever you want. You want to just chat? Oh, we can yeah. talk about whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, what, what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, uh, 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 a hoodie? <laughs> You're wearing your safari head, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Actually, I, I like to record naked. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that, that is six things. So... Next week, what do we got to tease, John? Do you now that you're on your neon white hangover? Oh, what, what's next? Are you even gonna play video games? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted, you know. Um, actually, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about like some movies I need to catch up on. But yeah, no, I really want to get back to Resident Evil Four. I was enjoying my time with that, so you know, I don't know if I'll, I'll get to it tonight. You know, might might watch some Succession and get caught up on a movie or two, but probably get back into Resident Evil Four. Get that, try and get that beat uh, here. Uh, shortly, so that I can, you know, clear the path for. I, I, I mean, I was going to say clear the path for Tears of the Kingdom, but I really need to get back to Elden Ring and beat that first. So, you know, just get back to that that nebulous area I live in of of constant uh, <laughs> juggling of different games. Yeah. Um, but I've also I've also started dabbling in Rogue Legacy too a little bit on the Switch, and that's just a really pleasant, fun thing to do when I'm laying in bed. So, uh, don't know if I'll have anything to talk about when it comes to that, but. Uh, Resident Evil 4 will be my main focus, I think. Okay. All right. Um, I did... What about you? Because you didn't even mention... Oh, oh, I think you're about to do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I did get Jedi Survivor. It is installed on my PlayStation. I have yet to launch it, but expect a full blowout of a game next week. I will be playing a lot of it. It is satisfying to have my most... One of my most anticipated games of the year out. So this is kind of a uh, gaming joy. Are you a free boy this weekend? I, I am. I have a lot Ooh. of free time this weekend, so nice. We'll, nice, nice. we'll see how much time I can put into it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did beat Persona 5. I did uh, Platinum uh. It. And this is where I get to put John on the spot again for mm. when are we going to record that bonus episode, bud? Uh, I don't know. It's got to be tomorrow or Sunday. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, I, I so so this weekend I just have uh, some some Sunday parenting. I have, parenting. Yeah, it's parenting. Levi. Levi's got baseball both days, but they're, I think they're both in the morning. So I mean, if you have a free afternoon, I mean, Kylie has she has started to respect the podcast. She's like, hey, like, do you need me to do anything for you? Like, are you gonna be good? I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So I think I could probably squeeze some time in uh, if I can if I can pull you away from Cal Custis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just let me know. So stay tuned this weekend. As long as not another heroin addicted game comes in, <laughs> heroin esque game gets in John's yeah. purview, I, I don't know what the maybe he'll really want that Resident Evil Four Platinum all of a sudden. And just <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about it, Nick. I couldn't. I was just like, I have to go get this done. I have to do it. Uh, so glad. So glad it's over. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad it's over too. It's nice to have yeah. you back. We're almost at intervention levels, so. (laughs) Yeah, just imagine if I was at work all week and I came back into work every day and you're like, what'd you do? (laughs) You would have have had to, I don't know, Yeah, you would have slapped me straight. Yeah, yeah, I would have had to. All right, and then we will also next week be continuing our favorite games of all time. We're going to get into 40 through 31. That'll be exciting because, again, Mm -hmm. as we start narrowing it down, it's... uh, John might have a black eye, or my, I might have some bruises, because we might be fighting for uh, our favorite yeah. games here coming up as we yeah, get closer. I know. <laughs> I know you got a couple. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk some sense into you about Rock Band. I think. Uh, you know, oh, we'll, we'll yeah. figure some stuff out. We'll yeah. figure some stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Expect all that next week. So, John, 
It's your pick. What yeah. song are we leaving the listeners on if they made it all the way through this episode? Sure. Sure. This this one is uh, Experience, man. This is a, a great song that I kind of forgot about, and but it's a long one. It's a little over seven minutes, but please, <laughs> you, you will not you will not regret it. Yes, long, you know, we're adding to this. Yeah, we're adding to this episode. Uh, this is from legendary video game composer Austin Wintery, uh, and he did the soundtrack to Journey. This song specifically is Apotheosis. It's it's one of the the songs that I think plays as you're crescendoing up the mountain, and it's everything is coming into focus, and it's all epic and beautiful and amazing, and it, you'll you'll feel it in the in the music. You know, so uh, apotheosis by Austin Wintery. Fantastic! Yeah, yes. let's let's get more games that ha- we haven't played before. Yeah. <laughs> new games, new composers. I think that should be our motto going forward. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Neon White is officially retired from ever being discussed again on the podcast, and Lynn is gets maybe you can maybe give Lynn one more shout out. We'll see. Oh um, yes, Lynn is gonna get one more shout out. I have my favorite right. song in the chamber. For our oh, bonus episode. So. so you're about to immediately go back on what you just said. All right. <laughs> well, it's the bonus episode. I couldn't. I can't escape playing That's a different fair. artist for our bonus episode. So. That's fair. Fair, fair. So fair. Lynn will get one more play, but I trust me, it is her best song you've heard yet. Okay. So. All right. All right. Stay tuned for the bonus episode, and stay tuned for us to be back next week with six more things. Bye, guys. Bye.